Welcome back. This is Russell Fugit. And you're listening to Leadership Legacy and Love. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you really enjoyed that. Last episode I did with my mother. It's gotten some good feedback. And I'm really grateful for her time. And maybe we'll have to have her back soon. And um, This week I've just been processing a lot of thoughts coming out of Good Friday and, and Easter Resurrection Sunday. And, and of course, you know, doing the work. Being here with the family um, and my kids, my daughters acting crazy. You can you can follow along on social media to all those shenanigans at Russell Fugit everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Um, but just really been um, fascinated and alarmed and troubled by by what I see. And I know all of us are in different ways, um, and just you know, kind of thinking. You know how much um, this virus has exposed so many things in America that many of us are aware of, and and either in our own bubbles in our own lives ignore, and um, or some of us may not have really been aware of, or maybe are aware but haven't been exposed to, and 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 then I think there's a good portion of us who are in denial, (laughs) and it's easy to go to work, pay our bills. Know, indulge in sports and media entertainment and and keep going about life so to speak um but i really have just felt in so many ways that you know america is sick and it's not just as a result of this pandemic but really in terms of our values in terms of how we see our citizens and it's just so fascinating to hear the language of war that this is you know world war c and i've used that terminology to kind of describe you know this series in the last few podcast episodes I've done, um, and I, th- I think it's accurate. It's it's a global pandemic, and we truly kind of are at a war footing. I think the United States and many other countries are in so many ways. Um, that's in, a, in a, such a unique way, um, and I think about taking that analogy a step further. And in a, a war scenario, at least I know from what I've understood of the U.S. Army and military, you know, no no soldier left behind. And if we're all in a war and we're all in this together, then what's been exposed is that so many of our citizens in this country have been left behind and are in the process of being left behind. And of course, as many of us know, uh, who are students of history that um, understand America's past and our world's history of subjugating other people um, for profit and for power and for political purposes and for other purposes, um, that people who are lower in our economic ladder, who are lower in our status ladder, which disproportionately is people, African-American people, black people, people of different sexual orientations, people from, uh, from other racial backgrounds, Native American people, people with disabilities, people with poor health even, are often left behind and overlooked. And... Um, and it's just troubled me. And it's just so fascinating to see the job numbers continue to increase in terms of unemployment being at 22 million. And then now, um, I think each day that that's happened, I haven't checked um, today, Thursday, I guess what today is the 16th of April 2020. I haven't checked the markets yet this morning, but I know in the past three Thursdays when the job numbers were announced, I think it was what six million. Then it was another five million. Then it was 
another six million and now it's five million right for a total of 22 million you know when those numbers have been announced the stock market has continued to go up and i thought that was a, such fascinating um and i know there's a lot of reasons for that and i won't get into that i'm not i'm not an expert i have my own perspective on investments and and uh enough of a knowledge of markets to be the stock market and <laughs> to be dangerous um if only to myself right and uh, i know everybody's portfolio is taking a hit so we can't we're not going to compare notes on that one today but it just speaks to the separation in our society in our economy that that i think you would think on the surface and i know that again there's technical reasons i know you know an economist and someone who really understands markets and wall street experts and people in finance and i know many may may want to explain and i under and I understand a lot of those reasons why there's not a d- direct connection but i am trying to make the point that in our society you would think or perhaps maybe i would want or i would think perhaps the heart of god would be that we'd all be a little more connected right that that to the extent that people are on main street are suffering that you know they've given out all the small business loans so far the 350 billion and there's still a, a dramatic need um there's now 22 million unemployed and 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 and, and certainly will rise by you know millions more even i think there's more to go unfortunately and as we look out another week from where we are today you would think there'd be more of a connection right um that we really would have a society where no one's left behind right in a war if we are in a war right we want to use that metaphor and so it's been deeply troubled and i've been through anger as i watch the news i've been through sadness and i'm more curious about the economic piece um lately in terms of my news consumption and i try to try to modulate and dial that down to be frank in the effort to be productive and not get too captivated or caught up in it um or pulled down by it right um but i've kind of toned down what i want to hear about the crisis and the health situation of course is a baseline i want to understand where we are um and i certainly want to respect and thank all of our nurses and i have many friends my former gw students um, other people i've known and worked with in other aspects of my life who are nurses and doctors and physician assistants my, my classmate from high school is an er doctor in philadelphia was recently profiled in the philadelphia inquirer uh, kit delgado you can look that article up so proud of him and so many others who are doing amazing things but really focusing on this economic pain because i know that once this pandemic is over there's going to be a cascading mental health effect there's going to be a cascading alcoholism and opioid addiction effect there's going to be a cascading divorce effect there's going to be a, a cascading heart attack and diabetes and high blood pressure effect is going to be a cascading economic impact and unemployment impact and poverty impact that's going to be with us for a long time right indefinitely and so how do we process it how do we move forward and and you know what's the solution to that you know and and increasingly seeking how can i position myself as someone who feels blessed and empowered and knowledgeable in certain aspects of business and the economy um to be able to be a resource, to be a guide, right? Not saying I know all the answers. Um, I know a lot of people who might know the answers, though, and that could be a resource and a guide. And how do I organize that, right? And what what is what's the future look like on the other side of this? And it's certainly clear. And I was just rereading some of my notes from my prayer time that we're transitioning into a very clear new season in a very unique way. Um, and and just digesting that and trying to understand where we are in an election year, of course, right? And just really um, seeking to understand, you know, what what has happened, right? Um, 
in our society um, where, you know, I think the, the vast, not the majority, but the largest portion, certainly in our American society would claim to be Christians. Right. And um, but it's certainly been there's people within that broad label um, who seem to understand or see Christ or see the gospel or interpret things uh, differently. And it's just so, so fascinating. I even read an article recently um, about black evangelicals who are supporting our president. And uh, one of the lines in the article quoted one of the pastors praying, uh, help, I think the line read, help, uh, help my fellow citizens see our values, oh God. And I just thought that was so fascinating. The prayer was that God would help other people see their values. I don't want anybody to see my values. <laughs> I want people to join me in trying to understand God's values, right? Trying to understand Christ's values. And I think that's what all of us should be efforting towards. And I'm just really distraught. I want to be full disclosure, registered Democrat who's voted for Republicans in local elections in the past. So I'm open to all sides and think there's value in how we proceed in, in having a healthy debate in our society as a former, as a political scientist, <laughs> a gun, you know, a shotgun, you know, college political scientist um, who's been involved in politics in various ways for, for a long time, most of my life, and always been politically astute, certainly since a young age and just grew up around that. Um, you know, wanting people to say, why don't we, you know, how can we see things from God's angles opposed to my values, right? How can we get to truth? And that's increasingly getting more difficult in our society. And so how do we, as Christians do that? And again, going back to my episode a couple weeks ago, we got to press into the spirit, right? Um, you know, we can't lean on our own understanding and that means we can't even lean on our own understanding of biblical texts, um, especially texts that are thousands of year old, thousands of year old, right? Thousands of years old. And I think Jesus gave us a very simple gospel with two wonderful, great commandments. Very simple to hold on to. Um, and to have no other gods except him and to love others as you love yourself. And we can just stop there. I think if we really stopped and were able to grasp those things, that we could make more progress in our society and in a wartime setting, we wouldn't be leaving so many people behind so many people who, who are sick and don't have access to health care. So many people who are our new essential workers. We didn't know were essential until now who are dying in the grocery stores and the bus drivers, the nurses, the doctors, the garbage, um, sanitation workers, so many people, um, our firefighters, police who are, who are also contracting this virus and um, and then some others who just don't have adequate health care or adequate housing, our homeless population and, and on down the list. So so I was just, you know, in my prayer time and, and um, just felt drawn to First Corinthians four chapter uh, verse eight, First Corinthians four, eight. And uh, reading from the New King James, this is a letter Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And he's kind of being sarcastic, right? And he's speaking to the, to the, the Christians who are in Corinth. 
I think my mother has been there. I don't want to miss a step that, but I think she's been to Corinth and saw the site. I know she's been to Ephesus. But verse 8 reads, you are already full, you are already rich, you have reigned as kings without us, and indeed I could wish you did reign, that we might also reign with you. And he's talking about, in that, in that one verse, and I've been encouraged in my prayer time today to focus on that one verse 8, he's really being sarcastic and really talking about their pride. You're already full, you're already rich, you know, you're so brilliant, you know, you know if you were kings, why can't you, you know, reign with us, right? And I think kind of talking about the apostles who are who are laggards in society who aren't rich right um who are looked down upon and, and threatened and, and of course killed in many cases um, because of their faith but those of us you know who are rich and we're full right we you know we we think we're kings <laughs> you know how wonderful it must be um to be large and in charge to have all the answers right and of course, you know, we also know in the Bible that says pride comes before the fall. And um, I really think what we're experiencing now is, is what we've had as American pride, our idea of American exceptionalism. And I do believe that that value is really um, espoused amongst many of my white, uh, uh, so-called white, so-called evangelical, so-called uh, Christian brothers and sisters in this country who really um, seem to have felt uh, that sense of, of superiority that we're above all of this right and even now you hear you know it's the World Health Organization's fault or it's, it's China's fault and I don't think this is anybody's fault <laughs> this is our world this is earth this is humanity right and these things have happened before in our history in our history as humans be clear and they'll likely happen again i hope not but they likely will perhaps next time we'll be more prepared we'll be able to science will evolve and we'll be able to have a vaccine or treatments even faster than we seem to going to happen pretty fast now even though it sounds like you know 18 months sounds like a long time we know historically you know, vaccines can take years 10 years or more even to create so you know how do we handle this issue of our pride and what is God really saying to us in this season, what is the spirit saying to us and how do we take ourselves and our desires and our wants out of it? Right. And you see people protesting to want to open up the economy. How do we take ourselves out of it? Even if we're lacking in this season, all of us are lacking in some ways, but more, some more than others. Some of us are lacking in our health. Some of us are lacking in our physical health, our mental health. Some of us are lacking financially and that's pain. And I know that people in the parts of this country that are lacking financially, but don't yet see the impacts around them of the coronavirus, maybe they don't know anyone who has it, right? And there's just so much we don't know. And I know that for one thing, if we don't have our health, we don't have anything. And there's so many instances in the Bible, I think even where Jesus is, you know, been, was challenged when Jesus tried to speak into things that impacted the economy. And it's just so fascinating. Of course, we know, you know, Jesus came into the temple and they were doing commerce and he turned the tables up in anger. And I kind of share that anger as I watch the news, as, you know, that, that there's more concern about the economy than there is about where people are in their health and their well-being. And it's just sad, <laughs> to say the least, that our society isn't doing more to support people at a baseline level for their health, for their housing, for their economics, well -be economic well-being in this time while we get our health in order. Right. Our health as a nation of all peoples, no matter where you are. Whether you're on Indian reservation, where you're in rural America, whether you're 
in urban America, wherever you are in this in this time that we all know that we're all healthy and and able to get through this with as little suffering and death as possible. Right. Before we open up back the economy and, and risk wreaking more havoc should an outbreak happen when we reopen the economy and have to shut down again. Um, so it's just fascinating to just observe this. And I just wanted to encourage um, everyone to to think through these things and pray through these things. I'm not saying I'm right. You may want to tweet at me or mention me, comment on this when you see it and hear it and say I'm wrong. And that's fine. <laughs> I might be. I'm open to that. Um, but I just want to know, um, hope if you do choose to do that, that you'll seek the heart of God with me and together we can find the answer. I think at the end of the day, I want to believe that all of us want health and well-being for all of our our brothers and sisters on this planet. And I'm looking forward to um, reaching out to a handful of my brothers as the Ramadan season comes upon us. Um, I know we've been in the Passover season as well and that you know, all of us will be in prayer and reflection during this time and seeking um, how we can improve on the other side of this. How can we make society better? How can we love our neighbor and our brother? And how can we really put aside even these these political positions that really um, seem to divide us. And I think there's so many political divisions that people who are privileged in this society are able to have and put as a priority um, because they have health care, they have wealth to a certain level. And, you know, I'm saying anybody has household income of, you know, high, depending on what part of the country you live in. But I would say anybody who has six figure or up, you know, uh, family income is wealthy. And I look at the wealth in a global perspective, having traveled and seen poverty in other parts of the world. And having seen poverty right here in urban America and even a little bit in rural America as well. I, I try to keep perspective and I think we often lose it in our bubble and we turn on the cable news of, of our choice and we interact with the friends of our choice on social media and we have our own bubble. And we don't step out of that. And that's hard for all of us. We're all guilty of that in our own way. So I'm not chastising anybody there, but um, at least I'd be judged. But I do hope that we can think more inclusively. Um, about our society um, and respond based on those two great commandments to love God and to love others as we love ourselves, And we can just be full stop there. And when we can, you know, talk about what should happen and so many other aspects. Um, so I hope people will, will, will think on that and, and continue to pray through that as we journey um, onward. And I just thank you for listening. going to keep this episode short to the point. I wanted to get into some other stuff today, but I'm going to set that aside and maybe get back to it. I am working on setting up some interviews. I know I said that a few weeks ago. So look out next week. I'm Africa. I got to reach out to my dad to get him on here. We can talk about sports and have a little distraction there. Um, have another friend, business associate in Turkey. One extend invitation to um, and a few others. Really want to get that global perspective going. Um, want to get more perspective on people who are serving on the front lines in this time um, and, and trying to meet the needs as the food pantry lines grow and we can't meet the need in society. What, what's going to happen? What's on the other side? Um, so again, thanks for listening. I share some of my thoughts. Um, again, I'm available and open. If anybody needs anything, I know it's like a, a hollow, you know, I'm here if you need me. Thoughts and prayers. It sounds hollow. Um, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And um, and I've reached out to a number of people, been able to connect social media and more directly through text and phone and chat, et cetera. So 
let's keep doing that and stay connected. It's physical distancing. It's not social distancing. So I'm just grateful that you spent 20 minutes. Um, or if you listen to your podcast, as I do at one and a half or two times speed, you may only take in like eight minutes to listen to this podcast <laughs> or 10 minutes to listen to this. So I'm grateful. So stay connected. Stay tuned. Subscribe. Share this podcast. Um, happy to get feedback, good or bad or otherwise. Not trying to condemn. Just trying to love and find truth and find uh, purpose coming out of this to be uh, a blessing. Um, and I hope all of us will, will join and find a way how we can be a blessing for now. Be a blessing in your home. Be a blessing to your friends that you can reach out to. And, and just you know, take care of yourself. And uh, be well. Was it stay well, stay safe, and stay home. This is Russell Fugit. Thanks for tuning in. Please share, subscribe, follow at RussellFugit.com or across social media. God bless you. I love you.